0: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Grunge Bible Podcast. September is rolling along, and with it, another album review. This is episode 26. I am joined by Ethan Shalloway, as usual. Ethan, what's going on today?
1: Uh, nothing much. It is a beautiful Friday, actually. So two days ago, we had Ida come through, and it brought the rain and brought the flood into the flood again. We've had record highs, but... Um, be- also because of the last two days, the temperatures have dropped significantly and it is like a high of 70 today, which, you know, for the summer and for the way it's been going, I mean, it feels unbelievable outside. It feels so totally. good. Like, I mean, it was the first taste of fall yesterday where it just feels so crisp and that. It's a good feeling that, I mean, that got me really jacked up. I was, I was excited. It makes me want to, I mean, football season's right around the corner. It makes me want to like play golf and just be outside, like, you know, get a fire going. So I'm, I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm pretty happy. How are you doing? Yeah, man.
0: Uh, I echo pretty much all of those sentiments. I'm having a really good day. Uh, same thing, you know, as your situation, you know, I think last night it was in the fifties, which for me is like my optimal sleeping weather. Mm-hmm. So got the windows open wide. It's nice and sunny. It really feels like autumn is here. And yeah, I definitely, I definitely enjoy the first parts of autumn. You know, once it starts to get a little colder in the fall, I'm, I'm not a particularly large fan, but just trying to, you know, enjoy it, enjoy it. Cause it's here, you know, and, uh, that's what we got. We got a good episode on deck for today and I'm looking forward to, uh, commemorating all month long. Uh, I, was all gonna of say, the I think great that we're entering
1: albums. in we're entering into the best month of the year, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I mean because we, have, we were born we have we have our birthdays, but then there's the birthdays of a lot of albums out there. It's like the starting of it's a starting season for a lot of reasons. I mean, what we have obviously we're gonna be doing Nevermind today core, we're talking about um, you know, blood sugar sex magic as you said from the chili peppers um yep. what else is there there's a uh, bad murder finger
0: dirt, dirt. by Allison chains i mean there's there's really a lot of them september in a way is like i don't know it's like it's like grunge hanukkah you know except yeah. instead of what is is hanukkah 12 days eight crazy
1: instead of yeah eight crazy, eight crazy nights, nights we've got uh, uh, eight we've got 30 albums. days of
0: insanity so <laughs> basically the uh You know, the strategy moving forward is, you know, each week throughout the month of September and perhaps beyond, uh, we're going to take one of these albums that uh, celebrates their birthdays during this month, and we'll break it down. We'll share some thoughts, share some factual uh, evidence from the past, and uh, just have an overall splendid time with these records, so... Today, as we said, is going to be Nevermind by Nirvana, uh, probably the album that you could say changed everything. Uh, but before we get into it, we have some patrons we would like to thank. Um, so yes, at the time do. of this recording, uh, we have a number of individuals who are in the top tier of Patreon who are making this podcast possible. Uh, this is officially the half-year mark of the Grunge Bible podcast with episode 26, which is uh, just pretty Congratulations, great. Chris. Thank you, Ethan. Uh, congratulations to you. Um, this is... I don't know. I feel like, I felt like we're still on episode 12 or something, but we're, yeah. uh, we're, we're rolling right along. And, um, and you know, the nice part about
1: that is it's like, you know, there was definitely some doubt when we first started and that's why it took a little bit long to start, but I just assumed we would the suck fact at that it. We're too. A, the fact that we're a half a year in and we haven't missed a week or any, like we, we haven't yeah. done it. That's a, that's worth a pat on the back. Oh, absolutely! That is, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty exciting for us. So, um, I think that we're both pretty excited half a year that's that's pretty cool yeah well i
0: will uh i will cheers to that later on yeah it's it, for, it feels like an accomplishment so uh, hopefully everybody yeah. else thinks it is but regardless progress for you, is for worth you celebrating me, absolutely we're excited so nevertheless um this podcast as usual is made possible by a number of individuals who are a part of the top tier uh on our patreon and their names are victor schaefer marianne shannon gorgone Sonny Mashburn, Alexis Shannon, Release, Jade Mercado, Sue, The Real Billy Corgan, Kayla Jean, and Laura Nyrene. So, to all of you, thank you for your continued support of the Grunge Bible podcast. And we're very grateful that we still have the opportunities to uh, bring this podcast to you on a weekly basis. As Ethan mentioned, we haven't missed yet. And, uh, you know, if, if, if we made it through this summer, because this was a hectic summer and we didn't miss, well, Like I, say, I, yeah. I feel pretty good about this.
1: Well, we keep talking about how we're about to get into the fall and get back to um, a different type of schedule, and which will allow us to be maybe more, you know, elaborate with the podcast. Get some guests. I know there's some things we want to do. So the fact that we made it through with some really great episodes, I'm, you know, we're all we're all, we're all excited for that.
0: Absolutely. So uh, without further ado, should we uh, should we talk Let's some get Nirvana? into it?
1: I think we should.
0: Yeah. So uh never, never mind. mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, never mind. Yeah, we're actually not going to talk about it. Sorry, that was a really lame joke. I probably shouldn't have said that. That's stupid. Yeah,
1: True. cut that. Not yeah. really, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, so never mind. Let's let's talk about it. So this is Nirvana's second studio album and it came out mm-hmm. on September the 24th, 1991. So it's turning 30 years old this month. Uh September 24th of 91 is notable because that is the exact same day that Bad Motorfinger from Sound Garden came out and blood sugar sex magic from the chili peppers so three you know all-timer albums all coming out in the rank same them. day them. Oh, bad motor them. finger right, real quick bad motor finger never mind and blood sugar sex magic uh yeah but there's there's a considerable gap in my personal ranking between bad motor finger and Nevermind. uh i just love bad motor <laughs> and
1: finger. Nevermind and blood sugar sex Is there a big gap there too Are those no <laughs> i think i think
0: they're in the ballpark no, there's there's a decent gap what about you Where, how would you rank those three
1: Mm, I do Bad Motorfinger is like one of my yeah. top grunge. You know, that's one of my top albums. It's no the... secret that we're
0: Soundgarden guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'd probably I would probably go the same. But Nevermind probably is my favorite. Um, well, isn't my favorite? Uh, I'm an Nirvana guy personally. Yeah, I thought so. Nevermind is a great album, but I, yeah. I would I would say the top. there's I would go the same order. Anyway, absolutely. Continue. Yeah,
0: it's um it's crazy to think about because you know in the grand scheme of things, if you ask any. Individual who is cognizant of this time period. They're probably going to know Nirvana and grunge and the whole Teenage and alienation and the voice of Generation X and Kurt Cobain is disgruntled and all that bullshit They would say on like the nightly news and everything um, But I mean there is there's some merit to that I've obviously, you know Nevermind is really the album that kind of broke the grunge movement wide open particularly from teen spirit Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about. So this was their first record on a major label. So they released this Mm -hmm. one, um, on Geffen records. And originally, I think it's, it's fairly well known. They were originally signed to sub pop out of Seattle. Um, and they released bleach under the sub pop, um, header I guess under under their subspecies and there was kind of there were some interesting things going on here so they released bleach in 1989 and uh, as 89 bled into 1990 you know the sub pop brass and Nirvana you know they're kind of you know Jones to get in the studio and get another record out and um, I believe sub pop connected them with the mighty butch Vig uh, the producer yes. of of nevermind so they actually traveled to Madison Wisconsin where butch Vig was based at the time uh during april of 1990 to get together and begin work on their second album for sub pop but you know just because of you know maybe the sound that they were going for wasn't quite there the mixing wasn't accurate they ended up taking a hiatus and you know just went back to playing shows um i think there were like eight songs there but not a lot Mm -hmm. of the lyrics were really finished at the time um and so, they all
1: kind of not not all of them ended up on the album. I think a few of them right, were yeah, and, on
0: other albums and B sides, yep, and yeah, the names changed and totally. stuff. Totally. And, and at the time, uh, Chad Channing was still the uh, still the yeah. drummer for Nirvana. Dave Grohl had not entered the picture yet. Um, so you know, time kind of went on. They left the studio, went back to you know the West Coast and Pacific Northwest in particular. Um, and during this time. Uh, Nirvana took these uh, these studio recordings from the uh, unnamed second album project under Sub Pop, and they began shopping them to other uh, other music labels and record companies. And uh, unbeknownst to Sub Pop at the time, I think um, the Sub Pop, I think Bruce Pavitt, he had heard that Nirvana was shopping, you know, for a new new deal, but he was like, ah, oh, whatever, like you know. I signed them, you know, I think we'll be, we'll be okay. But they eventually ended up signing with Geffen Records and they used the sub pop album to, you know, demos as, as the demo tape to get them signed Mm -hmm. to Geffen. Um, And then they ended up going back into the studio. um, This time, I believe in Van Nuys, California with, with Mr. Vig once again. And uh, at that time, Dave Grohl had joined the band and they went in and they ended up recording and cutting and mixing and finishing off what the world would know never mind.
1: Yeah. That's, um I, I was also, I was reading about, and I guess they were, they were, they did some funding, some, some concerts to some local shows to earn gas money to get to the studio. And I guess mm-hmm. they played smells like teen spirit on the streets, like right before they, they sent it to uh, Yeah, It was like their first, rec- um,
0: first performance of it before, you know, yeah, before obviously before, before it, it had come they out. They knew what they had. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird and to it is, think it about. It's pretty
1: crazy. It is crazy that they. I mean that yeah, Dave Grohl jumped in, um, in the middle of all this, um, after yeah. Chad left. I because mean, I think he was a part of the tours. He was a part of that that tour stretch they did, and then mm-hmm. once the tour ended, Chad left, and then they had saw Scream play, um, and they really liked, obviously Dave and, and the band Scream. I guess disman uh, dismembered, and it fell into place perfectly where Grohl was like, "Hey, can I come and join and and or." Or did they reach out to Grohl? I'm not. I, I, I actually, kind of I don't know the
0: specifics, but it's really interesting, you know, because obviously, you know, chanting a drum for them. And I think Dale, Dale Crover did for a little while as well. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things that a lot of people say about, you know, Pearl Jam with Dave Abbruzzese. It's like, you know, when that drummer, it just goes to show you how important, you know, a fantastic drummer is. And, and Grohl just fit with what Nirvana were trying to do back then, you know, in, in, you know, 1991. And it sounds like Dave Grohl's drumming was just made for Nevermind. Uh, you know, similar yeah. to what people say about Dave with, you know, the Versus album, or certainly the live performances of 10. Um, you know, and it's just kind of really one of those things. And, you know, it's it's interesting, because this was, uh, I think, I, I tend to forget sometimes, too, that there was a Nirvana record before Nevermind, just because it was their big hello to the world. And obviously it became bigger than probably anybody had ever imagined that it would. Um, You know, so it's, it's a really interesting snapshot just to kind of see where, you know, all of their songwriting was at and, you know, Kurt's, you know, where Kurt's songwriting was at. And it's interesting because Dave Grohl said afterwards, you know, with Kurt, the music was always the first priority and then the lyrics would come second. Uh, And it's, it's interesting, you know, to kind of think about that because for some reason with me, like I always just assume and think that, you know, the lyrics might be this paramount thing and it's like, I have this message to deliver. And you know, I think Kurt was really just after how it sounded and, and Dave seems to, uh seems to verify that. But regardless of, you know, what the priority levels were, I mean, talk about, you know, going in the studio and coming out with something like nevermind. I mean, that's a, that's a fair accomplishment I would say.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they had they had a very specific, you know, sound they were going for and that's why they got Butch Vig to do it and and I, I know that they were a, they, they didn't want it to be finished. They wanted like a real I think they they really wanted it to be raw still cuz I mean Bleach was a very punky um album and I but I do know that they were trying to be a little bit more intentional with the producing, I think. And that's why they got butch big. Yeah. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, I would agree. And I think a big misconception about Nirvana and about Kurt Cobain is that they were not interested in being commercial successes. Um, I, I think that was something that was a priority for them, you know, uh, And I think you can hear it in this record, because when I hear Bleach, for example, like I I just hear a punk record, you know, I, I don't, I don't hear what grunge is. And, and, you know, with this one, it's, it's, it's packaged up, you know, in such a way that, you know, of course it was going to be, you know, commercially successful. I I don't think it would be as successful as it ended up being if it wasn't for the teen spirit music video. I think that just, you know, just the rare intersection Mm -hmm. of time and space where the stars align. What are, what are your thoughts? Do you 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 think, yeah.
1: Oh, I was going to say, you just posted a really... uh Really interesting casting call the other day on the page, and it was it was a I guess a letter. Did they just post that, or did yeah, they send it that was, out? it was, just, it like was, it out was an open
0: casting call for because obviously with the Teen Spirit music video, you know, I think we all probably know what it looks like. But they needed the individuals to be a part of it, you know, of like yeah. the like the high school setting or whatever. And you know, they needed him so they put the casting call out. I'm not sure through which avenues it were it was released, but um yeah yeah it's interesting. That was a really
1: cool thing. It was like come dressed yeah you know, dressed it's like, like I don't would anymore, that would <laughs> anymore,
0: you know. And how cool would that be, you know? As, as the decade went on, you know, to tell your buddies like, "Hey, I was in that," you know, "I was in." I I love. I love that those there.
1: You know, there are those stories out there where someone's like, "Yeah, like I saw that," and me and my friends thought it would be cool, or like I had no idea who Nirvana was, but I wanted to do this, or you know, whoever they ended up in that music video is <laughs> pretty yeah, special. Yeah, it's crazy. Pretty cool.
0: Totally. Do you think because you know, I I I don't think it's a secret, and I I think it's. A pretty objective fact that you know the teen spirit music video made nirvana what it was and it made never mind what it was uh commercially at least so do you think without that would they have found commercial success because i'm assuming they wouldn't have found that level of success you know without the help from MTV. Yeah. but um <laughs> so what do you, we what do you take- think
1: take that, take that song out completely. If they like if never, they never happened, did
0: a music video for, for teen spirit, yeah. what do you think would have happened? Because I, they ended up selling like they, they were doing a rate where I think, you know, by the time that had come out, they were selling like 300,000 copies a week uh, because it just, yeah. it just exploded.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think that, I think they would have. Really? Yep. Yeah, I think that Kurt Cobain, as much as he didn't want it, he was destined to be famous and I mean, he had the personality. He had like, I just think that, you know, even though he probably didn't want to, which you know, there's I guess his argument there if he really did or not. But I think that he just would have became a figure, like a public figure, and in with his other music, I think it would have worked. And the way that he would have performed concerts would have been it would have been memorable and notable. So they would have they would have something would have caught traction. Um, the way it did and maybe it would have took a little bit longer but i think that he could have intersected with certain bands differently if he didn't have it so yeah i think that i think they would have i think that Kirk cobain was he was destined to be i don't know at the front at the front of the the grunge movement you know what i mean and all, all of this anti um or countercultural movement and whatnot. Yeah. Do you? Do you not think so? Do you uh, think that it was that pivotal for yeah, them? Yeah,
0: I, I don't think it would have been as successful just because I think a lot of these numbers are just completely astronomical. But thinking about it, you know, Nevermind, I think, was... Right,
1: probably not ha- to the... Yeah,
0: I, I think I think Nevermind was packaged in such a way that, and produced in such a way that it was probably the most commercially palatable record uh, to come out of, you know, to come out of Seattle, you know, To that point, I mean, obviously it's much more commercially palatable than than Bleach, for example, or, you know, the early Screaming Trees records, or certainly, you know, Mud Honey or the Melvins, or, yeah, so, I mean, you you have all of these bands and, I, and, and these records, and I guess maybe the only other one would have been 10 that I think was really, really packaged in such a way that, you know, people just were able to take to it, and it was easy to play on the radio, but, um, yeah, I, this goes back to kind of my thought that I think Kurt and the band knew what they were doing. Uh, I think, I think fame and success and notoriety was something that they were searching for. Um, and obviously they ended up getting it, you know, and I still think they would have gotten it, you know, without teen spirit, but, um, you know, Ethan, I've mentioned on the podcast before that I am not the world's biggest Nirvana fan. And uh, I said earlier in this episode, and, and it's you know still obviously true, uh, that In Utero is my favorite Nirvana record. I, I do like, you know, Nevermind, and I, I do like Bleach to a little bit of a lesser extent. But um, what are your thoughts on this record? Because I, I know you like Nirvana a little bit more than me, um, but, you mm-hmm. know, just, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on the music on this record? Maybe some of the songs that, that you like, or maybe some that are important to you?
1: Yeah. I think that I I guess I I do like in utero a lot and I would say that it, I don't know if I like nevermind more or less. I mean, I, I've, I used to, when I first got, when we first started the the page like five years ago, that's when I I listened to the most um, Nirvana. I haven't listened to them exclusively um, as much since then, but yeah. So it's, it's probably been a little bit while and, and, you know, I think my, when I, when I look through the album, like, in in its entirety and the songs that are on there and like, obviously it smells like teen spirit in bloom, um, come as you are breed lithium. Like these are, I mean, territorial pissings and drain you. There's all the songs that, um, I, I don't know. I kind of, attached to Nirvana when I think about it. So I think subconsciously this is, this album is definitely, I think my favorite. And, um, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it just seems, oh, it has, has, and it has lounge act on it, which I've I've talked about a a bunch of times as my, one of my favorite songs. Um, yeah, I think it, it has really good, like it still has its punk roots, but it has a lot of good, like pop feel to it. And I don't know, sometimes, I try not to think of like Kurt Cobain and then the way that he writes too deeply. And I just like the way that it sounds for some reason, yeah. for some reason it Nirvana has always struck a good chord with me. Um, I think like you said a little bit more than you. I think I can kind of, I can kind of listen to like in a way, listen to a mess and like it, like I, <laughs> yeah. kinda, yep. I, I get, I get away with like uh, palatting some, maybe not so treasurable instrumentals and whatnot. And I like that about, I've, I've always, I mean, I've always appreciated that with Nirvana I and mean, I've liked that with other bands when people are not so polished. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I really don't have a grand, like a grandiose reason of why I kind of enjoy Nirvana. And that's usually when people are like arguing with me of why they don't like them. They're like, you can't even like pinpoint why. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And I, it feels, you know, I mean, I obviously you get pretty you can get pretty into like Kurt Cobain's, um, writing or the un- unplugged sessions and the, the passion be- that goes behind all of that. But, um, I don't know. I just, uh, it's just something in the way is also on here. Forgot about that one for a second. Oh, I, yeah. that, one, that one's probably one of your, that was one of your, um, yeah. Yeah, More it, favorite songs, right? It definitely right?
0: is. And, and, and you brought up some interesting thoughts just in regards to Kurt and Nirvana. And I think a lot of times people get so caught up in Kurt, the person, and Kurt, I guess, the brain, if that makes sense, that... You know, I I don't think people pay attention to how skilled of a songwriter he was in terms of making yeah. melodies and creating music. I mean, because he was the brains behind, you know, the overwhelming majority of Nirvana's work. Um, and, I mean, you even look at this record. I mean, there's three songs on here that I can think of that, you know, you could put in a top 10 list of like the songs of a generation or something and and I would yeah. believe it it's like you have teen spirit and then you have come as you are and you have lithium I mean those songs are absolutely inescapable whenever anybody does a time a time capsule type thing about the grunge period and you yeah. know it, it's, it's interesting, you know, when you compare and contrast how this record sounds with, you know, how they played live and, and Kurt and Chris and, you know, and Dave were also reverent of live music and they held, you know, the ability to play live and the energy that you brought live in such high regard. And that's probably my favorite way to consume Nirvana is just kind of watching them live because they had this way of just, it's, it's a weird combination of like, they're a little sloppy, like the don't give a fuck attitude, but like, they're so sure of themselves at the same time that they just capture and create this, this energy. Um, the, you know, you give me Nirvana in a small like club type atmosphere, like right before this broke out, you know, right before nevermind blew up. I mean,
1: I don't know that you can beat that. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah. I posted the other day, I I just posted, um, negative, negative creep. Mm -hmm. And one of the comments on YouTube, and so I, I I pulled up a show and it was an, a 1990 show with with Chad on the drums and and I remember oh I mean yeah I was like I was like what song do I want to post and I was kind of going through and I saw a comment and it was just like wow it was like Kurt's vocals on Negative Creep are just perfect like and like it was just like praising his vocals so I pulled it yeah. up and listened to it and you know it's uh it's a the live recording and it's 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 really good I, yeah I, you know I guess but it's funny because it's um. You know, it's alive. It's different than a you know a studio, and, and it's it's a very specific type of kind of vocal range that you're able to like that he was able to get to, and it's nothing like polished or anything like that. You know, it's, totally. I'm like, I, I find it you know I find it interesting that somebody was like, "This is his best performance vocally." Yeah, and like, you know, it's not so. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny. It's funny to say that. <laughs> yeah, in a way. I
0: I think I think a lot of us, myself certainly included. Can fall into the trap of just kind of thinking that Nirvana and their performances and their just approach to music was almost accidental, but like I think they were very aware of what they were good at and they were very aware of what they could do together that would sound good. Um, and especially, I mean, some of those live sets because it's like, you know, sure, like you know, Kurt wasn't playing you know Stevie Ray Vaughan solos on the guitar and you know his voice wasn't like you know, I don't know, whatever vocalist you, but like the things he did, he did so well. And it's funny. So you mentioned that one show, but there's another one they played at, um, the moon cafe in new Haven, Connecticut. I think it was September 26, 91. So like two days after, um, two days after nevermind came out and they play a great set. It's a really small venue. And I think at that time, you know, obviously nevermind had been out for like two days. And I think teen spirit had been out as a single for like I don't know, like, just over two weeks. And, yeah, it's just, like, the energy. Like, I, I think, you know, it's like that meme that I shared once about Kurt Cobain with the Mr. Rogers thing. It's like, I'm not very oh, good yeah. at it, but it doesn't matter. But, like, not being – they they he, this is going to sound stupid, but, like, they were so good at not being very good at it. You know, like, Kurt Cobain was yeah. just so good at his style. And, you know, I I outside of the punk sphere, you know, there was really nobody else that – probably made that style palatable and, you know, consumable for the masses. And I think that's part of what made Nirvana so successful. And it's part of what made this record so successful is they just packaged up that, you know, punk atmosphere, underground punk, and just kind of made it available to everybody and easy to digest in a way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good synopsis. I'm trying to think of another like band or, or, or front man that would be similar it's it's definitely hard to hard to really. Yeah, like I mean impair.
0: somebody that comes to mind, I guess, a little bit is just like you know, when, when Soundgarden and Chris Cornell would play like Searching with My Good Eye Closed, and it would just be like super slow and sludgy and stompy. Um, you know, that's and it definitely got a little like in the best way possible, obviously, a little sloppy, just like Nirvana would. I mean, it's not it's not well rounded, but that's part of what makes it so good in my opinion, you know,
1: live. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. it's yeah. maybe, maybe Isaac, Isaac Brock. Yeah, yeah, comparison. exactly. In a way, it's like, I think they all <laughs> like channel why?
0: kind of the same thing that it's not. I think music sometimes it's not so much about whether you hit the notes or whether the notes you hit are complicated or whether it takes a lot of technical skill to do it. It's I think it's about the emotion that comes from it. And Kurt I know was very big into that. There's, you know, many, many quotes there from his journals and from interviews that it's all about the energy derived from live music and it's about mm-hmm. what's behind it. It's yeah. not about, you know, necessarily how good you are, whether you whether you hit that note perfectly or not. And you know, right. I, I think for all the people that are critics of Nirvana, you know, they kind of forget about that, but I really, I really don't think it's that important, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, so uh, I have a question for you then. Well, I was, I was reading and, and said that the album originally was t- going to be titled sheep because uh, and Kirk Cobain, he, he said that it was going to mimic the people that were going to buy his album. And so he wanted to call it sheep. And then I guess one day he came in and told Chris that he was just bored and tired with the album title. So he just, wanted to call it nevermind do you think that it would be commercially just as big if it was called sheep
0: (laughs) yeah i think so because um i I don't think people would have gotten the joke um you know because i I, i'm assuming the whole sheep thing is like oh like they're just following along because like somebody probably told them they were supposed to listen not because they actually like it um and obviously there was a lot of that that entered into the grunge sphere and you know i have my thoughts i i don't think it would have mattered what it was named you know really I, yeah. I i really don't know um yeah what do you think
1: um imagine you're we're talking about right. nirvana's I mean, de- never, big big album, debut sheep. album. <laughs> exactly exactly debut with Geffen, exactly yeah. i actually it, it, i guess it could it could definitely i mean it probably would have aged pretty well yeah. um and be significant Didn't like did pink floyd back, have, have an album never called mind.
0: sheep or was it just a song
1: Definitely a song. I did just a song. And that that was, that's a really, I did a, um, in a utopian dystopian class in high school. We, we listened to that and dissected it and it was, it was pretty awesome. A very, very interesting music video. I love that. I think it's just, yeah, I think it was actually just pulled from a movie maybe, but it was perfect. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it probably would have, um, a really similar, you know, success, but. Maybe, maybe even a little bit more, because it would have more like figurative meaning. But I mean, never mind. I guess Kurt has, you know, said that's kind of his view on a lot of things, and his it was his persona at the time, and just yeah, kind of uh, dismissive in a way. But um, people don't really think of the album. I don't think really um, they don't think they like take the title under a microscope. Like they may may have if it was called Sheep. But I can't really I can't think of it in that way, in that alternate reality.
0: No. I'm glad they switched it. Yeah, I think I think Nevermind is just it hits the nail on the head with just I think what their whole MO was back then, you know, and just a lot yeah. of a lot of those things. And I mean, even like with the sheep title, I mean they basically touched on all of that with um with In Bloom, you know, with uh yeah. I believe the chorus there. It's basically, you know, it's like the they're singing along, but you know, they don't, they don't really know. They don't really know what it's about and they, they wouldn't get it either. Um, yeah, it is, it is interesting, you know, for somebody that admittedly didn't really put that much time effort I shouldn't say that, but didn't emphasize, you know, the lyrics, uh, you know, he certainly was a great uh, writer of lyrics in, in his own right, right, obviously. And, and yeah. I think, you know, in terms of, I think, A lot of the reason why people, you know, analyze him underneath such a microscope, both him and his music, is obviously I think because he died so young, you know, in 1994 at the age of 27. But it almost, it's it's such a weird thing that society does. It's like when somebody passes tragically and passes before their time, society just it it adds to their mystique a little bit and it adds to their, you know, just kind of weirdly heightens their legacy or it makes you pay more attention to it, which is a strange. You know dichotomy, I think, but it seems like it happens with everybody who passes away. Just like, I mean, there's always renewed interest in an artist after they pass away, and you know, Kurt has, Mm -hmm. you know, like the cliches. He's he's been 27 for the last, you know, 27, 28 years, and he'll always be that. And yeah, it's interesting to think about. But I mean, this one, I mean. it is the success of all successes, and I mean, top to bottom, it's just such a, such a great record. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, something in the way is obviously one of my favorites, but additionally, I love territorial pissings on a plane, uh, drain you. I mean, they're just. It's weird, like like you said earlier. I think you mentioned it. It's it's really great pop writing. You know, people probably don't wanna it is. don't think about it like that, but they
1: don't want to say that. It's yeah. it's great pop music. <laughs> yeah, and like. I think I think they were quoted like Dave I think Dave and Dave Grohl like when it came out wanted to be more like less finished and totally. whatnot. Yeah. Um, it sold millions of records and I think that you know he had to say that or something you know, like he i think they knew what they were doing but they had to be like this isn't what. yeah because you know, it, was, it to, was
0: part of it you know and and it was so funny my yeah. my favorite kurt cobain quote because every so often we'll get somebody on the page like calling someone a sellout or saying like oh you're you're a fucking poser or something and kurt cobain in an interview i think around 93 or 94 an interviewer asked him like well how do you like how do you react to people that call you sellouts he was like i wouldn't blame you know you your run-of-the-mill teenager for calling me a sellout. But he's like, when they'll get older, eventually they'll realize that there's more to life than living out your rock and roll identity so righteously. And, you know, I think that's certainly my view on the whole thing. And I think Nirvana is one of the most, like, you know, poser versus cult follower, you know, um clash type scenarios where nirvana's fans are really not that all welcoming of people who are just casual fans or people that might just be getting in it or god forbid people that wear their shirts that don't know their entire discography so Mm -hmm. i don't know it's always interesting that's always kind of turned me off i think a little bit but it's not not the band's fault obviously i just think a lot of a lot of music fans can tend to be a little insufferable but it comes from a good place because they're passionate about it but I just wish it didn't, yeah. you know, it didn't come off the way that it does. But uh, for better or for worse, that's how it is. And, uh, you know, I think it's no question that for better, this album came out and it achieved the heights that it did. And it, you know, has given us at this point, uh, you know, 30 years of enjoyment.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, if you had to pick, I guess, if you had to pick a, a song that you would, that you could, Say play at the end of this episode to take us out. What song what song would we play for Oh man, I love the the people. I love the beginning of Drain You. Um I do. I was I was looking at Drain You. I think that one's really that one's a, that's really good. I really like Polly too. Yeah. I think that's a really good has a good good lyrics and good story behind yep. it too. And I think
0: the chorus like on Lounge Breed Eye? is fantastic.
1: I mean you take the
0: chorus on yeah, Breed Breed is great. You take the opening hook on Drain You. I mean you take all of Teen Spirit. I mean this is this is fantastic pop writing. You know, this is just, this is just incredible. I mean, it's, I don't know, like the hooks are just so catchy. You know, it reminds me of a lot of,
1: honestly, a lot of the things on radio now. Kurt Cobain was the first pop artist.
0: (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo is the second coming of Kurt Cobain. (laughs) Oh man. That's going to upset some people. Our friend, Olivia Rodrigo, friend, friend of Grunge Bible. Mm-hmm. But, she does follow yeah, up, yeah it's interesting so one other footnote about this record that's been in the news lately is the uh i was gonna say yeah are we gonna, we, are think, we gonna I,
1: recreate I, an album cover yeah, I, Chris? I, I mean yeah
0: yeah we're gonna raise money for grunge bible we're gonna pose nude and uh yeah it's gonna be great uh it'll be up on the grunge bible only fans but yes the um the nirvana baby who is now a grown grown individual uh has recently sued the band um so I'm gonna be honest, like, I haven't, I have not read the specifics, I don't know this person's name, um, I, you know, and frankly, I don't give a shit that he's suing, you know, uh, I know he said, he, yeah, we'll leave
1: the name out, I guess, yeah, I mean, you can look, is, it. it's all probably. public
0: information, obviously, like, I don't really care that he's suing. Like, I mean, the yeah. grounds of the suit seem to be a little shaky because like his parents agreed to it. So it sounds like he's got beef with his parents if nobody else, but like, fuck man, this thing 100%. sold like over 30 million copies. Like he's probably deserving of some amount of money. Um, And I, I don't know. I yeah. just I, like somebody, the, somebody said the funniest thing on the
1: page. Just come out and ask him. Yeah. I, wonder if I wonder if he's ever asked him before, but, Like, Hey man, like, like, uh, you know, we made a bad yeah, trade how, deal much, back how much in the is day. Like, a, like a, you got a hundred G's <laughs> Can I get for me or royalties? Yeah, seriously. Like, yeah, just, is there, give, just,
0: give me one month of, uh, one month of like the gross sales I, or I have something. a feeling that
1: Dave Grohl would do that. Like if they went and talked to Dave Grohl. I mean, none like, of the, the, like Dave, Dave and Chris
0: are probably not strapped for cash. I mean, Dave Grohl has been in every single band since 1995. And you know, I mean, Nirvana on its own is probably a well-oiled cash cow at this point, but I don't know. So somebody, somebody on the page said something really comical. They're like, "Oh, like this is this is an assault on the band's legacy." Like, I don't think it matters at all if somebody sued Nirvana. Like, I I don't think that's pretty extreme. I wonder,
1: you know? Yeah, how many bands? How many bands over the years have been sued? All of
0: them. (laughs) They've all
1: been fucking sued.
0: Led 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 Zeppelin's in court every other week over something.
1: Yeah. You know. There's probably a lot of bands that are bankrupt that you don't know about that are still yeah, super famous. You know? exactly. like, you know, I mean, that lose that lose these suits. Yeah. So I, I just yeah. I, I just
0: find it comical that people Yeah, that's get, pretty extreme. Yeah. I mean, like I don't I don't care like if, if Nirvana gives this person, you know, a million dollars or ten million dollars or a hundred dollars, like doesn't impact me. I don't really care. Like the music is still the music and the cover's still the cover. We've all seen it, we all know what it is. Um I just personally think he probably deserves a little bit more money than what his parents gave him. Uh, what his parents right. what his parents got at the time for it but I mean also at the time nobody knew it was going to be that successful so you know it's like it's like a big yeah. it's like a big stock you know if you you invest right and uh, next thing you know it goes to the moon and maybe maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. but I don't know um what what are, what would, are your yeah. thoughts on this because I know I've been outspoken about it on the page but I'd, I'd love to hear yeah. what, hear what you have to say about about the great suit of nevermind
1: yeah I mean, I I do agree with you that this guy probably deserves some more money, especially because he, his parents got the money in the first place. So he probably didn't get any money technically, but he, he has done, I think he did the 10th, 17th and 25th anniversary, like reshoots and stuff. So he's, so he's worked, I guess he's like, you know, he's worked with Nirvana before. So it's not like he's been dormant for 25 years. So, um, I mean, it's to me it is it's a little bit it's a little bit lame because I know that it's brought him a lot of like I don't know work. I know. I mean, it's probably got him a lot of fame and money through like through its own channels. But um, again, like I'm not I'm not the one who's on the tit- on the front of Nevermind, right? Yeah, like I so, don't know how he feels, yeah, I,
0: you know, and and, and he yeah. certainly I think it's well within his rights to feel differently about it now than he did maybe ten years ago or fifteen <laughs> years ago or even five years ago. Yeah, because um, I know. Personally, there's a lot of things in my life that I was probably, I, I might've thought of positively back in the day that I don't now or vice versa, but I don't know. I just think I would be, I think I, I
1: would be the most happy. And I know this doesn't matter. I would be the most happy if they would be like, you know what, we're just going to drop the suit. And then, like, we talked about it. It's all good. They're going to drop the suit. And then Nirvana pays. Like settle $10 out million, of court or something. or
0: something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or they, yeah. You know, and then, like, you know, they just see, I just see a Venmo charge and it's like <laughs> <Yeah>. Nirvana <laughs> pays Nirvana Baby $10 million for <laughs> I, I hope his Venmo is actually
0: at Nirvana Baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't and know. Then, and then, so we can just be like, oh, and I can like it or maybe come and be like, good, happy for you guys and then move on. Yeah. But like, it's a little lame,
0: but who cares? I mean, I'm, I am all for, I I think he deserves some more money from it, so whatever way he can, you know, I mean, fuck, if I was on that cover and I only got, like, $600 for it as, like, a a, a newborn, I'd probably be a little angry, too, or maybe, not angry, I don't know, but I would certainly want a little more money, so, uh, props to that, I think you always gotta, you always gotta chase the bag, as they say, I mean, which is, in a way, the, the reason why Nirvana dumped Sub Pop for Geffen Records, so, uh, you know, no. history history rolls on, but uh, yes, uh, Nirvana baby, I I'm interested to see uh, what that what the uh, results or lack are you, thereof. Uh, no, are you really I don't Chris? know. You-, you, you know, what? I'm interested. I'm interested because I can use it as cannon fodder for engagement on the pages because people eat that shit up. So you gotta you gotta play. play i to look the, for. To I'm people. gonna look
1: for the. You know what we should do? We should definitely post the 25th anniversary reshoot or I don't know. I I don't even know what it looks like. I think I did see it once I've, but we I've should post I've seen it
0: before, it. yeah. Um, but like I, we should I don't just know post like people that s- and just be like and yeah.
1: And just put never mind, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean so I feel I feel kind of bad for this guy cuz so many people, millions of people are shitting on him on the internet. Um, oh yeah. You know which I
1: I don't know. There's a lot of people a lot different than yeah. us that are And probably if you were if you were in that
0: position, I don't think just being on the album cover would do it for you. I think you would see a little opportunity for some cash incentive. So, uh, you know, I, I, I reserve judgment, uh, until I am in that situation. I don't think anyone's going to ever ask me to pose nude in a pool for an album cover. That's going to sell 30 million copies. So I guess I'll never know how he feels. Uh, so, you know, it's up to him. It's up to the band. Tell it to the judge.
1: Yep. Never mind. Yeah, anyway, never mind. We yeah, get, we're, we we're, we're done with that. But yeah, I mean that's so, a
0: it's a hell of an album.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really is. So uh, <laughs> if you guys if you guys like what you're hearing, if you guys like this banter about Nirvana boy and all this stuff, and never mind, uh, you guys know obviously you're here listening. So we thank you very much. Continue listening. If you go to the Grunge Bible website, you can find the links to all things Grunge Bible. We have some merchandise. We have. Spotify, Apple links, um if you want or YouTube if you want to move platforms. We have our Patreon link there. And then of course we have our Instagram, Facebook, and new TikTok that Chris is um hammering away. We, I saw, we, I we saw have you over posted 1200 some followers on. now.
0: Yeah, we have uh we I think Last time we sat down to record, which was like five days ago, we had like six hundred. So uh, exponential increases here. So the Grunge Bible TikTok and the Grunge Bible Twitter are uh, making some movements here. So uh, throw those a follow if that's your thing, and if not, you know I don't know what to tell you. It's you know it's it's fine. I don't really care. Yeah, just
1: yeah, just pick one. You I don't yeah I don't care which one you follow. Just pick one and just commit to that. Um, that's the easiest way. So if you want you you know, we got the Instagram people. There's a Facebook people. Imagine there's people on there's people on Facebook that haven't probably haven't seen the Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Proba- well, probably, the, best right? one, the best one. So little And I feel bad because yeah, I, I don't we don't give Facebook the attention. They you know, some <laughs> they have like they have a it's like a waterfall. Like the Instagram pool is up here and waterfalls and everything else. So
0: it's funny speaking about like Facebook people that don't know about the Instagram, a little bit of a story. Um I think it was like a week or two ago. Um, I posted a a carousel post of baseball cards with a bunch of dudes whose nick yes. whose names were euphemisms for the the male anatomy, and um, a lot of people oh, yeah. a lot of people got upset at it. They're like, "What the fuck, man? This isn't funny." And my favorite comment that I've received on Grunge Bible in the last couple of months was somebody commented, "They're like." I found the podcast before I found the Instagram page. And I'll tell you, seeing this is not a surprise to me. (laughs) Wait. So because he
1: was listening. (laughs) They found the podcast?
0: Yeah, they found the podcast first, and then they found about the page. So they've been listening to us, and then they recently discovered the Instagram page. They're like, oh, it's the same people. And they saw that. They're like, this is not a surprise after listening to these guys on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So we're hitting home runs as far as I'm concerned. That's the best compliment we could get. (laughs)
1: That's amazing. So he's here to stay? Yeah. Right? Yeah. He is here to stay. Wow. Yep. That's, that's, that's actually an incredible yeah, comment. That fires me up. That was an incredible, incredible story. Yeah. That. You
0: never know. You never know where, where people are going to uh, discover you so from. They found
1: that they found the podcast first. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know how that happened. I mean, either. I guess,
1: I guess when people are looking for podcasts and they go to the search bar and they just type in gron yeah maybe,
0: so yeah. name drop uh their name is jordan so jordan if you're listening uh thank you so much uh y- you don't you may not have known at the time but that comment made made my day and ethan i think it might be making your day now too
1: yeah jordan thank you very much i'm glad that uh I'm glad that we can shout out somebody like that and they hopefully are going to be able to hear it. So
0: Absolutely. Props well, to they you. listen to the podcast, so hopefully hopefully, they do hear it. But uh, nevertheless, is it time for some song of the week before we uh, head out into the world?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, let's see. Do I have anything? I got to take a quick look. Do you have any? Uh, yeah, you have like some this, stuff lined this, this up. This I week think has been some, yeah. Yeah,
0: this this song of the week edition is kind of strange because it's the first time in a while that I haven't been really chomping at the bit to share anything. Um, so I'm just gonna pick something that is on one of my uh, more recent Spotify playlists, um, and it is by a group called Porches, and it's a song called Range Rover. Um, so I actually saw it. I discovered it because um, uh, June Swoon, uh, one of our one of our favorite artists, actually she shared it on her page um, probably now maybe a month, month and a half ago. And, uh, you know, I, I really value her music and, uh, you know, value her musical opinions. So I was like, yeah, I want to check this out. And it was actually really solid. Um, it's kind of like a, like a synthy, like drum track poppy type thing. I don't know if I'm doing a good job of describing it, but nevertheless, I enjoy it. It's like a two minute long song. So it's a quick hit or two. Um so if you're deranged nice. like me, you can listen to it many times in the span of twenty minutes and really get to know it. Um or you start on a playlist and it sounds good. But yeah, uh my song of the week is Range Rover by Porches.
1: Awesome. <clears throat> no relation love to the Pearl discovery. Jam song,
0: but uh, you know, Porches, porch. Yeah.
1: It's pretty close. Yeah, close enough. I love um yeah, I love music discovery through other people that I trust and that I can yeah. Yeah, that I can believe when they say this is a good song. So yeah. I always wonder. total I always Total yeah. Sense. I always
0: wonder if on my personal page, if w- when I share like a Spotify link or something, if if people actually who? click on it and who clicks yeah. on it. Maybe there's some yeah. who secret musical he's... admirers out there, but who knows?
1: Yeah, if that's you, speak
0: up. Yeah, or forever hold your peace. <laughs> I
1: need to know. <laughs> I I know. I actually just posted something the other day, and I was thinking that like, and, and let people know I have good taste. Send I don't it out in the world. <laughs> why man. do why do why am I doing yeah. this? <laughs> just send it out. No, I I. I do it though because like when other people do that I trust, I can like, I like listen to yeah. the music. I'm always like pretty happy, so I'm like, you never know. Yep. I was like, this is this could be good. Yep,
0: I've got a list of um, people song- <clears> too. Yep.
1: Yep my uh, my song. This one I was um, when I was at the the batch, my friend's bachelor party the other weekend. Um, I was listening to this. I actually posted it on um, one of our stories. I'm not sure if it was porch radio, might have been both, but it was late into the night, and this song came on. I was playing some some like Dave Matthews and some fish. I think I was playing like all of the jams and stuff, but this is, it's, it's a really great song. Um, and it's last train home by John Mayer. And it was one of the, uh, I think was it a live version. It was, it was, a, it was a live recording and it was just, it was just so good. And I forgot how, how good that song is. And I've been listening to John Mayer a little bit more. I, I tried to post him the other night. And it got, it got stifled, Trying to post who says because uh, there's a really yep. good version where he, he explains some things, explains it, which is pretty funny. And um man, that guy, that guy can just play guitar so good. Totally. He's such a, you know, so fun to fun to watch and listen to. And and I think that I, I really did. You see, so he, he's you know he's in his 40s and he posted something of him with Bob Weir. Well, it was a picture of the band the Dead and Company and. And he said something like music is, is so different for him now. And he feels like he's connecting more than ever with it. And I just think like, I don't know, the progression that man has been through in the music world. And now he's playing with, you know, the dead, the way that he is like. It's really cool. Opening. Yeah, it's really, it is really, it is really quite the transformation. He's going to be around for a while playing music. Yeah. I think Fingers he's going to try crossed. and live. Let's hope so.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's great.
1: So yeah, Last Train Home um really great i just added them both to the playlist so uh we're set that's 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 all we got for the song of the week this week i love to hear a great
0: ones that's fantastic so that's our songs of the week and uh i think that's our podcast for the week as well unless you have any closing thoughts i think we will uh we'll catch that last train and we'll we'll head on out
1: yeah that's perfect no this is great thank you again for listening drew thanks for doing all the editing you're great um and Chris, thank you for being across across the table with yeah, me. Yeah,
0: thank you, Ethan. Here's to half a year of
1: podcasts. That's exactly right. Here's to another, another half year.
0: Here's to it. Let's get to it then. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you all next week with another album review from an album that is celebrating its anniversary in the month of September. So until then, take care. Have a good one. Rock and roll.
1: Rock and roll, guys. Take it easy.